0: Good afternoon. My name is Felina, and I will be your conference operator today. Welcome to Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies series about the latest developments in politics and policy in D.C. Our call today will be moderated by Blake Rutherford, a member of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies. Our speakers are Howard Schweitzer, managing partner, and Mark Alderman, chairman of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies. This recording will also be available after the call on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for Cozen O'Connor. Thank you
1: very much, uh, and Happy New Year uh, to everyone. Uh, My name is Blake Rutherford, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Alderman, the Chairman of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, and Howard Schweitzer. The managing partner of Coast O'Connor Public Strategies. Uh belated Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah and Happy New Year to both of you. You too. Um uh, welcome to twenty eighteen. We made it. We made it. Um good to have your stable genius at the <laughs> helm again here, Blake. <laughs> I'm i am look forward to a to an entertaining and spirited call now that uh everyone has had some time to 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 I'm sure break away from all the mess. You may not have even the news for the last two weeks, taking time to be with your families and reflect on all the goodness <laughs> of uh, of the last year. Uh, be that as it may, I do want to I do want to begin our discussion today with something that did happen right before uh, the end of the year. You both predicted it would happen; uh, it did, which is the president got a quote tax reform bill um, uh, signed into law. Um, lots of debate and contention over. Over this bill, but we begin 2018 with a new tax code. Howard, I wanted to kind of get get your thoughts about about the state of play in, in light of of that. What what many are describing as a big political victory for the president. Uh,
2: time will tell because no one, and certainly not the three of us here, and, and certainly not anybody on Capitol Hill, really understands how it all shakes out when the, when the dust settles. Uh, but it, it's a victory to to reform the tax code. I know Mark's gonna say it's not tax reform, it's tax cut. I appreciate that. <laughs> but he, even but he, but he's wrong. Even the Republicans have been he, calling
0: it tax reform. No, it is a, there is a it is the tax cut and jobs
2: bill. It's a huge shift in the way it is. um taxes are um especially in the corporate realm, um the way corporations are taxed and Obviously, some significant shifts. There's going to be a lot of uh, response from states and localities as far as how they tax their citizens to try to address yep. the, the state and local tax deduction being cut back. Um, we'll, we'll see, but is it a victory? Yes, it's a it's a victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mark, one Clearly. of the things that that yeah, I mean, I think you would sure. agree that it's a, a political victory for it, the president, even if even if yeah. I know we'll get into the policy aspects right. of it, but. Let's talk politics first since uh, that's, always, that's always fun. Um, you know, President needed, President Trump needed to get something done before the end of the year. The Speaker um, really, really wanted to get this done. The yep. Majority leaders said, look, we just pass a bill. The President will sign it. We've just got to pass a bill. Um, and that all seemed to come together.
0: I think it was better for the three of them, McConnell, Ryan, and Trump, than not getting it done. What we don't know, as Howard just said, uh, what remains to be learned is what it means in November of 2018.
2: Well, and here's Clinton. the thing: the fix to the bill is going to be bigger than the bill itself. So there's so yeah. much. There's just there's so much that has to be worked out. Yep, a lot
0: has to happen, and a lot but not everything, will happen between now and November. So too soon to tell, although the early returns, which are as unreliable as all early returns and exit polls, the early political returns seem to be that it's causing some Republicans some trouble. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at national polling,
1: and again, we're talking, you know, headline-driven stuff because this is not only a, a, a complex piece of legislation, it is a significant piece in terms of its size. Um, so certainly members of Congress weren't able to get all the way through it before Joe Public has has certainly not read this bill cover to cover. Um, but right now it's underwater nationally. Um, and Democrats feel like they've got something to run on, but Republicans I talk to feel like they have something to run on too. It's one of those interesting issues, um, I guess. You know, Mark, you always say uh, whatever the you know, where you where where you said is where you whatever. Where the you thing. stand, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Right, exactly. So exactly. Um, so that, that's interesting, Howard, because I've I've heard compelling arguments politically on both sides of this thing. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, and I think. They're both going to try to all the way through the midterms, Republicans are going to talk about how they reformed the tax code, and the Democrats are going to talk about how they benefited corporate interests and and the, the super wealthy and both all those things are true, yes, those
0: <laughs> things are true right that, so well, what what is most interesting to me as a political matter, and again, according to today's polls, which can both be wrong even today and can certainly change. With all of those caveats, it is anomalous that you have a booming economy, you have a big tax cut bill, and you have a very, very unpopular president and a very, very unpopular Congress, and no one seems to be getting credit for any of that. We have always said in these calls and elsewhere uh, that Jim Carville was right, it's the economy stupid. It may not be the economy stupid this time because there's no reason to think that we're going to be going into the midterms in November with anything other than a strong economy and a good outlook for the country. And there's also no reason to think that Donald Trump is going to be any more popular in November than he is today. That's the disconnect. Think about
2: what you just said. We're going to be going into the midterms with a strong economy and a good outlook for the country. So, but I, I think economic,
1: I, yeah, I mean, what I want to add is outlook. You know, it's this comes down. It seems to me, right, that. We we do have a strong economic outlook. Job growth isn't accelerating at at a pace yet that that I think anyone would like for it to be. But we're not we're not nor
0: the pace was at the end of the Obama. That's what I was going to
1: say. It's even slowed a little bit. But again, we'll the economy's doing the economy's doing fine. So this is not this is not a criticism of that. Be that as it may this is where <laughs> i hate to do it this early in the call we come back to twitter because there is there is anxiety when when the president suggests that they they may be floating the idea for example of a targeted strike on north korea in order to bloody kim jong un's nose um in the Basically, the day, day before, the North Koreans and the South Koreans sit across from the table and in a conversation for for the first time in a long time was not was not only peaceful, but where you're going to see, granted, it's symbolic, North Koreans participating in the Olympics and um, some things like that. Howard, you talked about foreign policy being a big 2018 issue. To me, that's where this gets, This Trump just kind of can't get out of his own way. If he just take a step back, talk about a strong economy and... We're in relative peace. I mean, we're fighting
2: ISIS, but. Look, I mean, he's got some success to point to beyond just the tax bill, which, by the way, I think is is a bad piece of legislation. That's not a Republican versus Democratic comment. It's the same reason that the Affordable Care Act was a bad piece of legislation, not the way the system is supposed to work.
1: Yeah.
2: And good legislation doesn't come out of single-party decision-making. Right but
1: and it doesn't it, as we hate to say it it doesn't ha- it's not meant to happen that fast either or right. be that yeah, furious it, in
2: terms of its a, a political victory and he's got other political victories to point to i mean the the deregulation is significant and it's it's fueling the economy it's fueling the stock market clearly but yeah. but he's also the king of shooting himself in the foot and every it's it's your point. Every time he does something good he takes the gun out and shoots himself in the foot and and um that's that's unhelpful to him. It's why his popular it's why his good stuff can't shine through. And Mark, I mean I, I well I wanna give you We're justice. making it sound like there's
0: no substance to what's wrong with the Trump presidency. It's just a matter of style and If he would just put down the the phone, everybody would love what's happening. That's not true. And what has caused his unpopularity is way beyond the form in which he has chosen to communicate. He has degraded the office. He has divided the country. His remarks on Charlottesville, for example, didn't start on Twitter and didn't end on Twitter. And if there were no Twitter, that would still be a reason, among too many others, that this man is extremely unpopular
2: as president. I mean, there's no question that just he's had a rough first year, putting it mildly. I go back... But he's also done a lot of good. But, and I thought just yesterday, for example, or Tuesday, rather, I'm sorry, Tuesday... Um, uh, the the meeting in uh, in in the White House with congressional leaders about immigration. Yeah, um, I'm interested. It was I wonder some, how this ends. It was to me the most presidential moment we've had in this presidency. Exactly. And
0: how sad!
2: All caps.
0: S A D exclamation yeah. mark. Sad. <laughs> how sad is it? that the bar? has been so lowered that everybody is praising what, for any other president, would have been a mediocre at best, totally, it was totally incoherent and unintelligible as a policy. I don't agree. I actually completely
2: uh, disagree. But the point is, but it never would have, that's never happened with any president.
0: He went out there to demonstrate which is, people his political like stability. Okay, and well, he passed. There, there I'll two, two, give you two, that.
1: Two, two things. Okay. Two things. More that than just stability, I, competence. Yeah, right. I mean, two things I want to unpack with you guys. The first is <laughs> I, why did the meeting need to unfold the way that it did? Which I think leads us to salacious, though it may be, um, the reaction to uh Fire and Fury the book, the book published by by Michael Wolff um and issued not too long ago which um has been <laughs> making the rounds i really think if you've not heard of this book then you very much are still on holiday i, I have it right. on my um, own. I, <laughs> I i can, think it's everywhere I can to, be... to the point that people are even buying the wrong fire and fury right, <laughs> right.
0: Good for that
1: guy right, right. It's right. a guy who wrote a different book called Fire and Fury right. not related to this thing <laughs> Sales spike. He's real true
0: on Amazon. Um,
1: so, so I, I want to, I do want to talk about optics a little bit because that was an optics moment, and, mm-hmm. and we we talked about that. And Howard's characterized it as presidential mark saying the the bar is low. But I do think the Wolf book influenced that decision. And then I want to get into the policy because that gets us to DACA, and that right. gets us to the right. budget. Right. Um, so let, let's start without without Mark. You pulling out your phone and <laughs> <laughs> issuing the timeliest of Wolf quotes. Um you know am i right i mean is that is, is am i being fair to the circumstances that that the wolf book has influenced some pattern of white house
0: behavior since its since its publication yes. the president and his white house opened the new year not celebrating the tax bill I'll call it that passed at the end of the old year but rather spending, where are we now? January 10th, is that today? Mm -hmm. January 11th, excuse me. January 11th, we have spent the first 11 days of 2018 with the White House defending the president's mental health. That's what the Wolf Book did. It's right, it's wrong, it's fiction, it's not, it's fake news, it's real news. Forget whether any of it is true and everybody knows that some significant portion of it is in fact true, but set that aside, this white house has done nothing for 11 days now, but defend the president's mental health. That is sad. That is a sad state of affairs. But I, uh...
2: You think they did an okay job of defending it the other day? Yeah, I, I mean, okay. no, be what? it more than that, Mark. I, I, I think a lot of people watch that video, in some in real time, a lot after the fact, and I think that it, um, I actually think it builds confidence in Washington as opposed to to tearing it down. It was a reasonable and rational exchange of ideas from different people across the table, a good back and forth, I think, yes, I was pleased to see the president actually understanding the policy that he was talking about and talking about it in a coherent way. We obviously watched different videos, yeah. well, if you think... Oh, like I oh, oh, said, sorry. where you, where oh, you right. stand is where know, you sit, right. or whatever.
0: But, but what I want to say about what you just said, most particularly, is I agree with you saying it reassured people in Washington. In Washington. No, no. About no, Washington. Nobody in the country watched that. Oh, you're so wrong. They you're so wrong. I think that you're so wrong, Mark. There's no pivot. We've been through this in every call. There's no pivot. He's not a different president than he I was. Didn't,
2: I didn't say he was, but he did a. He got through it. No, he did a good job. He doesn't understand. Well, he
0: said it had to he be did cleaned a, up. He he did was,
2: a good job, Mark, and and it's a good more thing. than that. It is a good thing, Barack Obama. Never. And look, I'm not a Barack Obama hater. I work for the guy. Barack Obama never could have commanded a room the way that he commanded the room. Not like that. Not like that, Mark. I couldn't agree less with that, but I do
0: agree it's a good idea for the American people to get to see the sausage made. That was a good idea. They did it for an unfortunate reason. They had to demonstrate that the man doesn't drool on himself in public. But it was a good thing that they did. I came away with a very different impression of the president's command of the policy issues than you did. But my point No is, president understands policy at a deep level. They don't. And Barack Obama, when he went to see the Republican caucus at their retreat to discuss health care, health health care,
2: had a much greater command of the policy. There's no doubt that Barack Obama is a deeper and books more book smart person than Donald Trump, and more stable, even. But. Our, our moderator wants to move.
1: Here. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, I was going to see if we could tie yeah, all this yeah. together. What I, I was going to interject: a public service announcement for anyone in in Philadelphia on Tuesday, January 16th at uh, at 7:30 p.m. Michael Wolf will be in town. Uh, he is making his first stop on his exclusive book tour at the Free Library uh, of Philadelphia, so it is free to you. Um, there is, I'm not being paid for this PSA here. Um, but uh, but he'll, he'll be in Philadelphia. He'll up. have
0: no trouble. Yeah the yeah. Room. So
1: so he'll he'll fill that room. They may make some news. Who knows? He's been on been certainly on every every television program. I do want to talk about though, the the spirit of of this meeting um, and, and its focus because right now we've got a budget showdown looming. Um, the threat of shutdown is on the table by the Democrats if 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 a deal isn't reached on DACA. Uh, the Republicans want DACA plus border security. Um, it, it, it looks like they, th- there may be room to compromise here if they if they do narrow their focus. I think some of the confusion in yesterday's meeting was, to the President, DACA means DACA plus four principles of border security. I think to Feinstein, it was, it was DACA straight up. And I think that was part of the exchange that we've seen replayed. Uh, on on television, but Howard, what are your what are the prospects for for the budget? What are the prospects for for a deal at this point? Do you think? Well,
2: January nineteenth is the day that the temporary budget extension expires, and the question is: do they get something? They're not shutting down the government in in two weeks. Yeah. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I I think they I think they roll it ahead yet again. It's a March fifth um, deadline for some change on on DACA, Um, not with, you've got, there was a court opinion yesterday. Yeah,
1: Ninth Circuit.
2: Ninth Circuit that may change that, but everybody's working toward a March 5th deadline on on DACA, and I think they are going to get something done. The political will, um, at least among those in the room yesterday, and, and certainly not on the far right, but Um, The political will seems to be there to to get something done, and there's no way the Republicans are going to just do what Feinstein proposed, which is just um, deal with DACA and and nothing else. So something gets done involving border security and DACA.
0: Mark, what do you think? Uh,
2: I agree.
0: Something will get done. I think two interesting things about the way in which something is likely to get done. Uh, This is the... Converse, obverse, this is the opposite of what happened with health care. With health care we'll remember the House passed something, sent it over to the Senate. The Senate didn't make it. The Senate isn't the problem here. The Senate has already passed comprehensive immigration reform we all remember and sent it to the House. The senators at yesterday's meeting, Senator Grassley, Lindsey Graham, others. I, said path to citizenship, we just have to make sure it works. Uh, the Senate will come to terms with DACA, and the demands of the border security piece are not going to be extreme in the Senate. Then it goes to the House, or simultaneously right. the House. House is the problem. It's going to be much harder without a whole lot of Democrats to get something passed in the house I think and that is the opposite dynamic that we saw saw before the other thing i wanted that's why
2: wrapping it in the budget deal helps i agree right right because the republicans don't want to shut down the government even and the, the, the free republicans that don't want to do immigration aren't going to be for the budget anyway so right. push them aside the freedom caucus people right. and Right, kind of bipartisan deal. That's how this goes.
0: With a lot of Democrats in the house. Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that... that well, I, every... I mean,
1: and by the way, I mean... It, every it deal
0: is, is that. Yeah, right. And it is not bad for the
1: Democrats to support a border security bill that isn't a... I mean, we're not talking about the wall here. We're talking about components of strengthening the border in targeted places, which is going yeah. to be some construction. Yeah. And we know... We know that. not a politically bad place to be, necessarily, for for a lot of... For anybody. Great place to be.
0: Yeah, it may even be the right policy for the country. Who knows? But that's the point that I I want to make in partial agreement with Howard about the president's performance at yesterday's uh, television hour. The most interesting thing to me, the most important thing to me, and I'm going to, I can't believe this is about to happen. I'm going to actually, in part, praise the man. Trump I'm said. I'm very glad we record these Trump calls. said. Exactly, Blake. <laughs> well, I may. <mean, laughs> on second thought, Trump said. said. My immigration and border security policy will be whatever you people in this room agree to. That. I thought was commendable, for one thing, since now I'm going to say he has no policy otherwise, doesn't believe in anything, and doesn't care. But I don't think the president is going to stand in the way of what comes out of Congress. He said he wasn't, and and he won't, and that means it is going to probably be more moderate than the rhetoric that the White House has used on immigration and border security in the past, all of which is, goes towards
2: saying, I, "I agree. I think it'll happen. I think it'll." Well, happen. see what what I saw in him saying that is that was a politically astute thing to do. That's what that was, because he's saying, "You guys own it." I don't own it that's that's but like it or not, that is the way Washington functions on a normal basis. That's the game these guys play. These people play each and every day. It's an ownership game. and look, I have not been and don't and continue not to be the biggest fan of this president by a long shot, but that is that was politically astute. That shows that he gets how the game is played. Well, I'm not willing to go that
0: far. Okay. But it it is what he has consistently... Don't forget where this all began. This all began with the deal with Chuck and Nancy. And he said, Congress has to fix it. He has been uncharacteristically consistent on the subject of DACA, and he has said consistently... I want it fixed, and I want Congress to fix it, and I'm giving you a little extra time to get that done. And good for him on that. That's as as far as I'm going, but good for him on that.
2: It's as important who wasn't in the room yesterday or Tuesday. I keep saying yesterday. Um, uh, Stephen King from Iowa wasn't in the room. Some of the extreme um, anti-immigration yeah, people were not were not there. I didn't see Senator Warren there either. The Bernie Sanders was he there? He's not <laughs> on the right committee. Um, but that's you know that's significant. That's significant. Well,
1: too. It, I agree. Yeah. Another issue that um, that we've started to see some movement on um, in a different direction, but is but that is making headlines across the country, certainly here in Pennsylvania, um, is the attorney general's decision to. Uh, to rescind an Obama, uh, Obama uh, era DOJ memorandum, uh, essentially saying that we're uh, we're going to be hands off in terms of uh, prosecution of of marijuana in in states where states determine a different direction, i.e., medical, recreational, uh, or both. Mark, I know you've been working on this issue. Um, for a long, well, i say it feels like a long time. It's it is still in its, it's in while. Pennsylvania, but it is, but it is, it is, um, you know, an industry that is that that has the potential to be significant um, in, in Pennsylvania. What do you make of of kind of where we are in the in the what I'll call the marijuana flux?
0: Well, I'm going to avoid the pun of saying I have to get into the weeds on this, (laughs) but I do have to go one layer down to say you got to distinguish between medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Medical marijuana is what most states have done so far. Medical marijuana is going to be safe and is probably going to be protected by Congress in the deal that is about to be done on spending for technical reasons. I'll spare everybody. Recreational marijuana is a target of the Attorney General, but, again, it was less than meets the eye because what the Attorney General did was refer the United States attorneys back to the pre-Obama-era policy, which wasn't to vigorously enforce the marijuana laws of the United States, it was to exercise prosecutorial discretion according to all sorts of criteria in the U.S. Attorney's Manual, and most United States attorneys in the states that matter, where recreational has happened so far, have already come out and said, thanks, we appreciate having the power back, we're not interested.
2: So. This is political, like everything else, and the attorney general and the president, because he's been on this too enough, uh, have made the calculation that this is the right place to be, maybe morally, but politically as well. I think they're wrong. I think it's a huge mistake. The polling on this is totally against taking this position the overwhelming majority of people in the US support legalization yep. even a majority of republicans support legalization at least for med- medical purposes right so <clears throat> i don't get it as a political matter i think it's actually going to it this actually is something that motivates at, at least young people to go to the polls it's yep. it's a it's a one more thing for
0: democrats run against, and for a lot of Republicans who disagree with it, to have to somehow
2: dodge if if not defend. But I think the thing that'll be interesting is if they enforce against recreational where they do it, because it's pretty easy to decide to go do it in California, or it's easier anyway. It's not so easy to decide to go do it in Colorado where you got a swing state and you can actually impact which column the state goes in by virtue of how you deal with this. This is a real issue. It's a real issue politically. It also politically
0: is uh, another case for Congress to straighten out the mess that's been created. Congress will not act in the short term on this, I don't think, but certainly not by the midterms. It's not happening this year, but I think this is all going to be sorted out by Congress by the 2020 election because it's what you said, Howard, the country's already decided. It's only the elected officials in Washington and mostly in the administration uh, this administration, not the last one, who are out of sync with the country. Yeah. Congress is gonna is gonna fix this. They'll clean That's it up. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so sort of uh, kind of led me there, which is the the kind of political ramifications of all of these issues, um, and a look ahead to the spring, and as we as we sort of creep upon some of some of um these really important primaries. We've seen some interesting, interesting candidates on both sides uh announced as of late. Mark, I want to start though. Um, you know, special elections were were a big deal in in 2017. We've got a Pennsylvania special election for Congress in the 18th right. Congressional District coming up in March. Um not a lot of national attention on that race yet. Yes. Um but I suspect there will be. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I, I thought we might just touch on before we look at the broader landscape, kind of what you're
0: what you're seeing, hearing uh, about in the 18th. Well, it's going to be an early test of the midterms. It's an interesting district. It's a Democratic registration, as is all of Pennsylvania, but it votes plus 10, plus 11 Republican. The incumbent who resigned in a scandal won reelection um plus eighteen, I believe Trump won the district by double digits, but it's now twenty eighteen It's now a year plus or minus into an unpopular presidency. And it could be very interesting to, to to see what happens out there. The Democrats have a very, very, very good candidate, young guy, former assistant United States attorney. Said he wouldn't support Nancy Pelosi if he's elected, which means he has my vote uh, in, uh, for that reason alone. The Republicans are putting up a guy. Who's running around saying that he was Trump before Trump was Trump? So you've you've got a contrast and a choice, and and I think it will attract Blake. You know, come March first, when the election's ten days off, you're going to have a lot of national attention on Bunker. this, and and we'll see.
2: The Republicans are going to get trounced. They're going to get trounced. Going to get Trumped in the in the fall. The question is not whether they get trumped, in my judgment. It's by how much. Mm-hmm. Is it by enough to flip the House, really? Because my personal view is that the Senate really isn't in infl- Oh It would take a tsunami yeah. to flip the Senate. I mean, it's possible, but it's it's possible, but unlikely, given, given the numbers. Um, but it, I, I saw a statistic that In midterm elections, when presidential approval ratings are less than 50%, which is certainly the case now, um, the President's party loses on average 40 seats in the House. Right. Well, that's That's enough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so
0: 17 more than we need. So,
2: you know, that's obviously historical data, but... um, it I, there's no question that the trend is against the the ours. Yeah, There's and more we're lots of retirements too,
0: um which are of good yeah. people. Right. Yeah. Um but um, see that that's the embedded uh, disadvantage to what's happening with those retirements and, and with the potential, I hope, actual democratic wave. I think a lot of Democrats are going to beat a lot of Republicans and enough to take control, I hope. But the Republicans who are going to go down are the more moderate Republicans because the districts here, there, and everywhere are so gerrymandered. Yeah. And in so many places, it's not even competitive, not thinkable for a democrat to win notwithstanding Alabama in the senate race and the consequence i think will be if we can win back control of the house it's going to be a more divided house than ever it's going to be a harder core republican caucus that is left behind after removing all those models
2: well and if if you don't take back the house it's going to be because there is a fractured democratic party too um the democratic party is extremely fractured you've got the whole bernie sanders yeah. elizabeth warren nancy pelosi wing and you've got you know the more mod, the the person yeah. in pennsylvania yeah. and i think that's, well, that that well, needs to be we aren't seeing that fracture
0: in the a selection of candidates for the midterm election. I agree with you. There, there, that fracture exists, and it could potentially, potentially be a turnout issue. But at least so far, there isn't the kind of thing you saw in the Alabama right. Republican primary, where you had the no, that's establishment fair. running against that's fair. the the former Bannon wing. Who knows what it is now? The candidates who are standing up to be counted to run in the midterms are, for the most part, one, one foot in each camp and many, many, many women. That is the greatest development in the Democratic candidacies that we're seeing for the midterms. Many, many, many women. And so what are
1: the... Uh, one thing that I think we're going to talk more about in 2018, which we haven't talked a lot about as of late, is this notion of redistricting and the impacts of yeah. gerrymandering. We hear a lot about yep. the House is very difficult because these districts are gerrymandered, But we're starting to see some very interesting developments. We know we have two cases. We have what I'll call a case. There's a possibility of whatever at the Supreme Court. Um on the issue of redistricting um, and gerrymandering. We had a decision come out of North Carolina um, about their, the way their lines, their congressional lines are drawn. Um, Mark, I know you've been interested in this issue for a long, long time. What do you make of the state of play as
0: it pertains to, to the gerrymandering debate? I think that gerrymandering has become so extreme and so indefensible on any basis other than pure, raw, partisan political advantage that it's offended enough people, enough Americans, enough voters, that the courts are taking a hard look at it. And I think you're going to see gerrymandering be trimmed. Not in any way ever eliminated, but trimmed. I think that's what you're gonna see right here in Pennsylvania. The federal districts, the congressional districts were drawn by the legislature in Pennsylvania, all ours, ours approved by the, the governor. Been challenged, made its way up to the Supreme Court. I think the Supreme Court is very likely to redraw the lines and to redraw the lines in time to impact the 2018 congressional elections, and that could be consequential in the control of Congress. I I think if the Pennsylvania Supreme Court redraws the lines, as I think they will, I think it means a couple of more Democratic seats than otherwise, And, and that counts. Where it all goes, We'll have to see what the Supreme Court ultimately does. That isn't, a, I don't think, a 2018 impact. Yeah.
2: Well, very significantly, the inverse of the United States Senate is true for governorships across the country. Yep. You have many more vulnerable Republicans right. um, running for governor in 2018 than, than Democrats. And that obviously has big implications mm-hmm. down the line for yep. what we're talking about now.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Very and, much. And and again, uh, you don't want to you don't want to understate this notion that we're seeing. We saw this in Virginia too. Not so much that there was enthusiasm for Ralph North. I'm not taking anything away from this victory, but you saw a groundswell from up, and people started with their local Democratic candidate yeah. and voted up the ticket. We always talk, right. how are you voting down the ticket? Right, yeah. People people yeah. did the opposite, and um and that led to a pretty significant victory for him. Um, you know, the the run for something movement, you know, this idea of just get your name on a ballot and yeah. and they're, you know, they're there may or may not. We'll we'll see what the what the wave means. But you are seeing some you are certainly seeing some some interesting developments. Um but but you're also seeing that too on the you know on the Republican side. I mean we've you know JD Vance, the author of Hillbilly Elegy, um You know, may jump in this Ohio Senate race um, as a Republican, which, which, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's he's thinking about it. I don't know if he'll do it, but, but, but he's thinking about it. You've got a big self-funder running in Michigan now um, against Senator Stabenow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, but then you have Sheriff Joe in Arizona. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it all it'll it'll all be interesting. We'll do a lot of we will do a deep dive on many occasions. I'm absolutely sure both about the Senate map, the House map and and the governorships, um and uh, hopefully hopefully uh offer some some helpful insight. Well well with that, I mean I'll obviously end on on a on a very sophisticated and important note. It is it is uh the divisional playoff rounds of uh in the NFL mark, the Eagles are are uh The number one seed in in the NFC, yet they are underdogs to the number six seed. Two and a half. uh, Atlanta Falcons, the game will be played this Saturday, 430 at the link. A, are you going to be
0: there? And B, who's going to win? I'm going to be there. And Philadelphia is going to win because Nick Foles holds the NFL record for the most touchdown passes in a single game. He isn't Carson
2: Wentz. Before you cut him or traded him or whatever the heck you <laughs> he did, was, we were I wasn't going to say Before we were against him, I, I wasn't <laughs> going to say I have nothing to say as a Giants fan. But but
0: I do want to say that Matt Ryan went to school with my daughter, and it it wouldn't be it it would be second best. If a Penn Charter guy, Mark always it's plays be both best. sides yeah. of the fence. It would be better. <laughs> it would be better well, know, the Eagles to. I, I
1: noticed he 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 talked about an Eagles win straight up. You know whether who he's going to bet on is maybe a different right. maybe a different deal. Yeah, <laughs> Jim Davis and I have a wager.
0: We have to clarify. <laughs> uh,
1: well, with that, guys, always fun to to be with you. Thanks to everybody uh, for joining us today. We'll we will be back with you at uh, uh very soon as. This, things are picking up steam, and in Washington, in this new year, I think it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to have that campaign feel year. Um, an election. I think that that uh, Howard's already signed. He's already exhausted. <laughs> oh, uh, he's ready to go on vacation again. So um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, as always, comments, questions, criticisms, your moderator are welcome. You can email us at presidentialanalysis@cozen.com. Mark Howard, thank you very much. Thanks,
2: Blake. Thanks everybody Thanks. for listening. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that does conclude the conference call for today. We thank you for your participation and ask that you please disconnect your lines.